Hello, and welcome to Birth of Family Church Podcast. We trust that you'll find an encouraging word to strengthen your walk with the Lord. And if you're visiting the area, or if you're looking for a good church home, come check us out at birthedfamilychurch.org. There you can find our location and service times. Thanks again for tuning in. God bless. Well, good morning. Yay, there's a couple people out there. Peter said the C team. Well, that's awesome because that means Christ team. And Christ is the anointed one. And so glory to God, we're going to have an anointed time. Amen? Amen. So uh, uh, Pastor Marianne asked me months ago if I would be here today. And of course, I said yes. It's always an honor and a privilege to get to come to Birth of Family Church. I love the Conovers always will their family and so it's an honor to be here Uh, for months I've been studying the book of Nehemiah and I really enjoy the book of Nehemiah if you haven't read it well you'll want to after today so and I have to preface preface this with this has been in my spirit for all these months to share with you guys today before everything started happening in Israel But God knew, and so, uh, Lord, we just pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Uh, Your word says those that pray for the peace of Jerusalem, they're blessed, and so we just thank you for your hand in that situation, and we give you all the glory that you're turning it around for their good and and your glory. And so um, it's always, I love to read Old Testament scriptures and Old Testament books because they're types and shadows of the New Testament. And we're living in the New Testament, so it's good to see, hey, we have some examples that we can follow after. Um, So we're going to look at the the gates that that are in the wall around Jerusalem in Old Testament. And Nehemiah had the uh, opportunity to have to rebuild those. And so we'll be in... Nehemiah 1 and 2 and 3 a lot, a whole lot in Nehemiah 1. And so um, I go fast, tell me to slow down, and I'll slow down. Just start waving at me back there, okay? And I'll slow down a little bit. But um, some of the gates have really funny names. Well, at least one of them does. It's the Dung Gate. So we'll, we'll get to that. But... Uh, let me set the stage in Nehemiah 1. So I'm going to start reading in Nehemiah 1.1. 1, 1. And it says, and I never get all these names right, so we'll, we'll just go with it. It came to pass in the month of Chislev, in the twelfth year, as I, and this is Nehemiah writing, as I was in Shushnan, the citadel, that Hananiah, one of my brethren, came with men from Judah, and asked them concerning the Jews who had escaped from this crazy situation that was going on, who had survived the captivity and concerning Jerusalem. And they said to me, the survivors who are left from the city, um, from captivity in the providence, there is great distress and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem is also broken down and the gates are burned with fire. 
I bet you if you saw some pictures on the news, you'd probably see that exact same thing right now. Like I said, God knew what I was going to, what he put on my heart to, to be teaching today. Um, so we all have walls around our lives. Each, each one of ours, we're the temple of the Holy Ghost, and so we kind of have a wall that we put up around our life, not in a bad way, like I'm going to put up walls and keep you all out, but it's just built around us, right? And um, up here in verse 3, we read, Nehemiah saw all this bad news that was happening, and sometimes bad things happen to us. It might be uh, bad news, bad life situations, just a miserable season that we're in, and it starts breaking down some of those walls, and some of our, uh, we start getting where we're crumbling in our Christian walk. And then in uh, verse 4, we'll come back to that one in a minute, it says, So it was when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned for many days, and I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. Have you ever heard that saying that uh, somebody finally got to the bottom of the barrel and they were ready to look up? Well, that's where Nehemiah was. He heard all of this news and he's going, I just can't take anymore. And he just said, enough is enough. And he sat down and he just started crying. But he didn't stay in that place. Um, he did some fasting and praying and when you start seeing that things aren't going right in your life, that's a pretty smart thing to do. Take a little bit of time to fast and pray, right? Uh, uh, I've just spent 12 glorious days with my daughter, brand new baby. She had a baby on 1010. And so I would have to grab snippets of time that I could pray, but praying in tongues, man, that gets the job done really quick. And so even if you don't have time to lament for hours, you can grab a prayer. Y'all drove here today, so pray in your car. Um, so we may weep for a while, but we must get to the place where we turn to God. Psalm 35 says, for his anger is, but see, you thought this was just the words to that really cool song. But it's, it originated in the Bible, all right? For his anger was but for a moment, his favor for a life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And um, don't you know that? After, after we get all the crying out, Jesus never leaves. He's always right there. We just got to get to the place where we can hear that joy again. Amen? Um, and then Psalm 21 says, I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence comes my help. My help doesn't come from the bottle, doesn't come from pills, and it doesn't even come from well-meaning friends. My help comes from the Lord. And uh, if you read that from the, the Passion Translation, it says, I look up to the mountains and hills, longing for God's help, but then I realize that our true help and protection is only from the Lord, our cr creator who made the heavens and the earth. Uh, I absolutely adore Holy Spirit. I was typing these scriptures up yesterday, and um, I had a situation last night, 
And this morning, God said, you didn't even practice what you were planning on preaching, lady. <laughs> so he said, what was that verse that you typed out? And I said, uh-oh. I look, I look up to the mountains and hills longing for God's help. And then I realize that our true help and protection is only from the Lord, our creator, who made the heavens and the earth. If God made all these beautiful mountains you see out here, don't you think he can handle your problems? Amen? Oh, me. Oh, me. Oh, me. Oh, gosh. We have to be able to flip pages. All right. So back to, to Nehemiah. In verse 5, verse 5 says, And I said, I pray, Lord God of heaven, O great and awesome God, you who keep your covenant and mercy with those who love you and observe your commandments. So Nehemiah was, was praying that back in the Old Testament, but we have a better covenant on better promises because Jesus, Jesus uh, purchased a whole bunch of awesome stuff for us. Um, but we need to know what our covenant with God is so that we can put him, him in remembrance of that. If you don't know what your covenant is with God, how can you put him in remembrance of it? Nehemiah was going, God, you're the God of our covenant. And um, Isaiah 43, 26 says, Put me in remembrance and let us argue our case together. State your cause that you may be proved right. So, um, oh, I don't know. Part of, part of this has been going on for years, but just recently some symptoms in my body got really overwhelming. And uh, I was like, Lord, what? I don't know what to do about this anymore. And uh, he always puts the right people who come through your path at the right time. And I was canning some, what was I canning? Tomatoes. I don't know, peppers. No, I was roasting peppers, and I was scraping all the peppers out. And so I was sitting at the counter, and I had the TV on over here, and Nancy Dufresne came on. I love Nancy Dufresne. If you've never listened to her, listen to Christ the or Jesus, our healer. Uh, she's really good, and, and she said a statement that just really penetrated my heart. She says, when you don't know what else to do, turn to God. And I said, all right, Lord, um, I'm turning to you. I'm asking you. Well, then that show went off, and another show came on, and it was a crusade she was doing. And so I said, okay, I'm just going to sit down and listen to see what's going to be said. So I did, and uh, she was talking about Abraham when he said, I don't consider my body, but I consider what, it, what was said. And I went, okay, there's my answer. And I started saying to those symptoms, body, I don't consider you. Uh-uh, I don't consider you. I only consider what's said. God, you said... Jesus himself took my infirmities and bore my sicknesses, and by his stripes I'm healed. God, you said, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. The symptom would come up later in the day. I'd say, nope, not considering you. I'm only considering what's said. See, we were singing about speaking to those mountains. Well, if those mountains are symptoms, you speak to those symptoms. They have no right being in your body. And I say, yeah, I'm not going to consider my body. I'm only going to consider what's said. So I did that for probably, I don't know, four or five days. And one day, 
I went, wait, I haven't had one of those symptoms in a while. And I haven't had one since. But you have to hear and you have to know what your covenant is. If you don't know that by Jesus stripes you're healed, how do you know to say that? If you don't know that Jesus said that he himself took your infirmities, that's part of your covenant. If Jesus bought it and purchased it for you, man, if Jerry buys me a gift, I'm going to enjoy it. Let me tell you, he buys me some pretty nice stuff. Do you see this beautiful dress? Yep, he got it for me. Um, so we have to know that covenant, and we have to know what belongs to us. Um, I always love being out in the foyer and reading that that says, to know him and to make him know. We have to know Jesus, and we have to know what he did when he died on the cross for us. All right, moving right along. Uh, and then in verses 6 through 9 of Nehemiah 1, uh, Nehemiah is continuing to pray, and he's really, really lamenting, and he's very shook up about the situation that he's finding, that he's finding himself in. We come to places in our life where we may ask, Lord, what is going on? Have you ever been there? You're just like, oh, oy vey, Lord. Can anything else happen today? Um, so over in chapter 2, Nehemiah was the, the cupbearer, and he, his job was to take a glass of wine to the king. And he went and he was going to hand the cup to the king, and the king said, what's wrong with you? I've never seen you sad before. Because see, he could have been beheaded if he showed up in front of the king, not all happy and joyful. And uh, so the king says, what's wrong? I've never seen you sad. Don't you know that uh, other people can tell when something's going on in your life? Your spouse can tell. Jerry always knows when I've got a crack in my wall. He's like, oh no, not again. <laughs> um, so it could be, uh, is that where I'm saying that? It might be like people, uh, when you're driving, it might not be a spiritual thing, but when you're driving and there's a little bit of road rage and you honk, well, they know that you're upset and say, oh, I guess she spilt coffee on her as she was getting into the car. I did that yesterday. Oh, my goodness. I got all the way home from Cheyenne, and I stopped at this one gas station that's out that way, and I got me coffee, and I drank most of it. I thought, woohoo, I'm doing good. I didn't spill anything. I got to our house, opened the door, stepped out of the car, and bumped my arm on the that's that window thing, that side mirror, spilled the rest of the coffee on my shirt. But I didn't have anybody to be cranky at then. Or maybe like the, the cashier at the store, right? Uh, the kids just were crazy in the store, and you get up to the cashier, and she says, how's your day? And I'm like, nah, 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 nah. Well, it's not her fault, but she knows that there's a crack in your foundation or a crack in your wall. Right? She's like, whoa, sorry I asked. Um, so other people can always tell, probably even before we do, that something's amiss. Amen? Um, 
So in verse 3, he said to the king, May the king live forever. Why should my face not be sad when the city, the place of my father's tombs, lies waste and its gates are burned with fire? So we'll go over the gates here in a little bit. But that might be any part of your life that is out of whack. It might be a physical thing. And uh, like, yeah, I had to go to the store, but I broke two toes on my foot, and I'm limping in, and I'm sorry I was kind of grumpy because I was in a lot of pain. Or it might be a mental thing or a financial thing, and you're like, I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. And, and so I'm sorry I'm kind of upset about this or that or something else. Um, so the king said to me, what do you request? Praise God for a king. And we have the Lord Jesus as our king of kings and Lord of lords. Um, do you remember Jesus would ask that when he was about to minister to somebody? What is it that you need? They'd be saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on us. And he goes, what is it that you need for me to do for you today? That's what he's saying to you today. What is it that you need for Jesus to do for you? Do you need healing? He's purchased it. Do you need finances? He became poor that we through his poverty might be made rich. Do you need peace? He's the prince of peace. And so he's saying, what is it that, that you need for me to do for you? Or what, what, is, what do you request? And Nehemiah said, so I prayed to the God of heaven. Do you hear that? He prayed under, in one of the other translations, it says he, he prayed under his breath really quick. Okay, God, what do I need? If I make this request, is it going to be rejected? Well, I don't know what this king would have done. He didn't reject Nehemiah. But Jesus will never reject you. He's got the answer right there for you. But we need to know, what do we ask? Well, uh, in May, I really did break a couple of toes. So I needed healing. But I also needed strength. Because I got worry, weary after a while. Weary? Is that the word? Weary? You know, you get tired when you're dragging a broken foot along. So we need to know, what is it that we need? Uh, in Romans 8, 26 through 27 says, Likewise, the Spirit who helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what we should pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Man, that's encouraging to know. When I don't know what I need to be praying for. Uh, you have a big situation out there and, and it could go 10 different directions and you're going, Lord, I know that this is going to turn out for my good and your glory. I don't know how. So I'm just going to pray in the Holy Ghost for a little while. And Holy Ghost, I'm asking you to take hold together with me against this problem. And you're going to pray out the perfect will. Amen? And so uh, 
God's, God's word always lines up with his will. If you don't know what else to pray at, um, on top of praying in the Holy Ghost, we'll start praying the scripture. Uh, I was walking around today, and there's some really good cheat sheets back there that has scriptures on it for healing or for what to pray for pastor and what to pray the Ephesian prayers. They're always great to pray. And so just start praying some of those scriptures. And you'll be praying out the perfect will of God too. All right, so Nehemiah 2.8 says, uh, And a letter to Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest. So th this is what Nehemiah was asking for. He said, I'm asking for a letter the keeper of the king's forest, that he may give me timber to make beams for the gates of the citadel, which pertains to the temple, for the city wall, and for the house that I will occupy. And the king granted them to me according to the good hand of my God that was upon me. So see, after Nehemiah prayed, he said, oh, okay, so now I know what to ask for. I'm going to need timber to rebuild the wall and to rebuild those gates. And so then he said, okay, king, this is what I need. According to the good hand of God that is upon me. Guess what? That good hand of God is upon you. And some of those, um, the version says the gracious hand or the generous hand of God. God's not stingy. He is very generous. Uh, we keep trying to outgive him. Yeah, it doesn't work. <laughs> You can't ever outgive God. I mean, he gave his only begotten son for us, right? And so that gracious hand of God is upon us. And so when we, we say, okay, I, I need timber, or I need whatever, <laughs> he's going, yep, there it is. I already planted those trees, however many years ago it would be, to make them that tall, because I knew that you were going to need them to rebuild those walls think about that. I've thought about that before God's made provision uh, years ago for something that I need now. He's already planted the seed. And maybe your trees are out there growing as we speak. Um, okay, so some versions say gracious, good, generous. That's a good confession to quote. So just Start quoting that. The gracious hand of God is upon me. The gracious hand of God is upon me. Um, so we're getting really close to some of these gates that we're going to look at. Just a little bit more here. Uh, da -da 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 -da. Gates in this passage were specific entrances into the city. You had to use a particular one for a certain reason or a situation. As a person, we have gates throughout our lives. See, I already said that, but that's okay. Um, there are times that we can get breaches or breaks in our wall that allows the enemy access to our life. Now, you think, oh, I don't know how that could be. I'm a good Christian. Well, uh, lots of times we claim Mark 11:23, Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. But we always stop right there. And we don't go to Mark eleven twenty five that says, if you have ought against anybody, you need to forgive them. Those are all together. You can 
speak to the mountain, believe that you receive it, but you also have to make sure that you don't have unforgiveness in your heart. That's an area where Satan can get in, and that opens up that gate, and you're going, why am I not receiving? Well, it's never on God's part. It's always on our part. Check and see. Uh, I heard something. See, I told you I listened to Nancy Dufresne a lot. She said, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And that is absolutely true. You get in the word and you start quoting the word and you start speaking the word. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But faith worketh by love. So you have all this faith and you're going, Lord, why is it not working? Check your love walk. Is that an open gate? Where that's not allowing that faith to flow? Because faith comes by hearing, but it worketh by love. So check your love walk. Um, so as we spend time in prayer and we found out where that break is or which gate is open, we need the wisdom that's found in these next few verses. So in verse 11, there in uh, Nehemiah, it says, So I came to Jerusalem, and I was there for three days. Then I arose at night, and I had a few men with me, and I told no one what God had put on my heart to do at Jerusalem, nor was there any other animal with me except for the one with which I wrote. So Nehemiah was there three days. He saw the destruction. He saw what he needed. And then... God gave him the plan and said, okay, Nehemiah, you're going to rebuild these walls. You're going to rebuild these gates. Um, take some time and actually allow Holy Spirit to show you where you need his help and how to best fix the problem. I have heard this statement recently, and, it's, and it really blessed me. It says, God has a plan. Jesus paid for the provision, and Holy Spirit shows you how to implement it. So once you get that plan, don't go asking your second cousin's brother's wife what she thinks of the plan, because she'll probably say, well, this is what I would do. I would do it differently. Or maybe even your spouse. They'll say, yeah, that's a good idea, but I think you should do it this way. Well, no, I already got the plan. I spent time with Holy Ghost and I got the plan. Because if we start asking people, we're going to start reasoning. And then doubt comes in. And you go, well, maybe that won't work. This is really cool. You, have you ever heard um, making pros and cons, the list of pros and cons? Y'all quit doing that. Because that's in your reasoning. You just got to hear what Holy Ghost says. If he says, oh, Lord Jesus. Have you ever heard that song, um, Please Don't Send Me to Africa? Do you remember that way back in the day? Well, now my song would be, oh, please do not send me to Cheyenne, Wyoming. I love that. I mean, my daughter and her family live there, and I'll go see them. But you spend a half an hour. Y'all don't. Y'all don't. But I do. Spend a half an hour. You don't spend any time messing with your hair but I do and I get the curling iron out 
and I'm curling my hair, and then you have to do the hairspray. And Jerry coughs and says, oh, lady, that's too much. And then here it lasts, right? You walk outside two seconds in Cheyenne, and that 50-mile-an-hour wind goes whoosh, and it sounds just like that, too. And your hair is straight again, and it's like, ah. So, I don't know. That was really a rabbit trail. I'm not sure where I was at with that. Okay, so you can't, you, you have to just stick with the plan that Holy Spirit gives you. You can't start reasoning. Um, you can't even allow the symptoms in your body to dictate what you're going to do. Nope. By Jesus stripes, I'm healed. Amen? Because that's what God's word says. Okay, so Nehemiah told no one what God put on his heart to do. Once you get those steps of the plan, don't let people talk you out of them. Don't let symptoms talk you out of them. Don't let reasoning talk you out of it. And don't let the devil put thoughts in your head. Well, you think you can do that? You can't do that. You're going to rebuild the walls? Oh, no, you're not. You can't do that. Oh, yes, I can. Because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm more than a conqueror. And devil, I know where you're spending eternity. So shut up. Just put him in his place. It's okay to tell the devil shut up. Now, any four will t no, any four-year-old will tell you that's not a nice word. You can't say that. You can't say shut up. You can say it to the devil. It's all right. Amen? Um, remember after many times, oh, we did that already. Uh, Jesus would say, after he healed somebody, don't tell anybody, just go straight to the priest and show yourself to the priest. And I was like, why don't you want him to tell people? Because in between here and the priest, somebody's going to stop you and talk you out of your healing. Oh, wait a minute. I saw you in bed yesterday. You shouldn't be in bed. Go back and lay down. What are you doing? Really? You're still limping a little bit. You said that you're healed? Well, if you keep going and don't listen to this garbage, by the time you get there, that limp will be gone. Amen? All right. I have to get over here so I can flip the page. Um, and then back in Nehemiah again, see, we keep going, Old Testament, New Testament, Old Testament, New Testament. Nehemiah said, and then I said to them, you see the distress that we are in? how Jerusalem lies waste and its gates are burned with fire? Come and let us build the wall of Jerusalem that we may no longer be a reproach. And I told them of my hand, here we, we hear it again, the gracious hand of God upon me and also the king's words that he had spoken to me. So they, they said, let us rise up and build. And they set their hand to that good work. So Nehemiah didn't let that plan out until everything was set. Now, if I say I'm building a house, and Holy Spirit says, okay, it's time to build that house, I'm not going to confer with other people. But you have to know when you go, okay, 
I need some partners in here, so I have to put that vision out. And Habakkuk says, make that vision plain so that people that read it can run with it. And so you have to know, okay, Holy Spirit, is it time? Uh, I think there's been times in our life we've had things in our spirit and we let them out to people too soon and they talked them out of us a time or two or ten. Um, so glory to God. He's a uh, God of restoration. So a decision has to be made and you have to set your hand to that good work. Okay, so we're talking about gates and maybe there's a gate of depression that's open and you say, Lord, uh, Holy Spirit, show me what I need to do about that depression. And, and he tells you um, whatever that plan is. Great, I have the plan. And you go back to the same thing of just staying on the couch. A, a good plan that he might give you might be to go start ministering to other people. Because when you start helping other people, well, that takes your the light off of your situation and you can't stay in depression when you see how bad it is for somebody else. And so he's told you this plan. And he says, okay, this is a plan. Go, go out and minister to the homeless or whatever he tells you. And you go, that's a great plan. Okay, I'm going to sit on the couch and wallow in self-pity again. No, 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 no. you got to follow through that plan. See, faith without corresponding actions is dead, right? So... Um, And then in verse 19 says, but when Sanballat, the Hornetite, I don't know, Tobiah, the Ammonite, Gishon, the Arab, heard of it, they laughed at us and despised us and said, what is this thing that you are doing? Will you rebel against the king? So I answered them and I said, the God of heaven himself will prosper us. Therefore, we as servants will arise and build, but you will have no heritage of the right memorial in, in Jerusalem. So uh, when you have symptoms in your body and you're saying, by Jesus stripes I'm healed, there's going to be people that, no, no, no. What? <laughs> yeah, you're not healed. They'll laugh and they'll scorn you. Do you remember when Jairus came to Jesus and he said, my daughter is dying, come to my house. And so they go and, and they get stopped by the woman that, with the issue of blood and as Jesus is talking to her, someone comes and says, don't bother the master anymore. Your daughter died. And Jesus didn't even listen to that and said, Jairus, fear not, only believe. And so they just kept going to Jairus' house. They get to Jairus' house and there's people mourning and crying and playing the flute, and I guess they hired people then to mourn uh, when someone they thought had died. And they said, Jesus said, she's not dead, she's just sleeping. And they all changed from crying to laughing and scorning Jesus, saying, no, she's dead, you're a fool going in there. Well, no. She came out alive because Jesus went into that situation. So you take Jesus into the situations with you. There might be people that laugh at you. Do you think that um, 
if Noah let the ridiculers stop him, he would have built that ark. He just kept swinging that hammer until that, that ark was built. And they're going, it's never rained. What is rain? You don't even know what you're talking about, you crazy old man. But he'd heard from God, and he found favor in the sight of the Lord. And so there might be people that ridicule you. How many, how many of you, um, I know it's been true in Jerry's family, when he got born again, you mocked and scorned and criticized just a little bit. How can you be a new creature in Christ? We remember the heathen that you were. Well, look what they're thinking now. Woohoo! <laughs> a pretty amazing man right there, right? Um, so people may laugh at you when you get the plan of God, but remember, you're more than a conqueror. Um, all right, so let's look at some of these gates. And, and the reason I wanted to show you some of these gates, just ask Holy Spirit, do I have one that might be open? Is my wall starting to crack and break a little bit? Is there a leak where some water can get in or some yuckiness can, can get in? <laughs> I know. Um, so see, see if one of these, and if they don't, well, you you'll have wisdom to help somebody else. Amen? Right? Okay. So the first gate around the walls of Jerusalem is the sheep gate. And sheep, that's the gate that the sheep were brought in through that were going to be used for sacrifices. Jesus is our sacrificial lamb. 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19 says, Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things, but the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and spot. So, again, types and shadows of the Old Testament and the New Testament. Um, that's the very first gate any of us have to pass through or need to make sure that we have right and we have strong. Um, John 10, 7, 10 7 states, most assuredly, I am the door of the sheep. And verse 9 says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he shall be saved. And then y'all know um, Psalm 21, 23, 1 says, the Lord is my shepherd. So that's the first thing. And I know all of you, but maybe not all of you. Have y'all made Jesus the Lord of your life? Or is Jesus your Savior? Uh, so let me put that in two things. Number one, he needs to be your Savior. But a lot of people, they get born again. They have never al allowed Jesus to be Lord of their life. It's two different things, people. When he's your Savior, praise God. You're going to make it. You're going to heaven. There's a heaven to gain and hell to shun. And so we want to have Jesus as our Savior. But in between the time you get born again and until you go home to be with the Lord, uh, there's, there's a whole bunch of years in there that you need to allow Jesus to be your Lord. So I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Maybe I'm making this up, maybe I'm not, but I don't think I am because I heard this someplace 
uh, Ivan the Terrible. You, anybody ever heard of Ivan the Terrible? Yeah? Okay, well, <clears throat> he got bored again. And his whole crew of also terrible men got bored again. And so they were really excited about hearing the gospel. I don't know that how many centuries back that was. And so uh, they were going to get baptized, but they wouldn't put down their weapons. They had swords and clubs and stuff. And they said, no, 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 you don't need those. And they said, yeah, we do. We, we still need to hold on to those. And they said, but you're going to get baptized. And they said, well, we'll hold on to, keep hold of that. Many of us get born again, but there's things that we want to hold on to. See, we're a new creature in Christ. But man, I'm going to hold on to my bottle of alcohol. Or my, because it's our spirit man that becomes a new creature in Christ. Um, we are a spirit. We live in a body, and we have a soul, and our soul is our mind, will, and emotions. Your spirit man gets born again, but maybe there's parts of your mind and your will and your emotions that you're going, nah, I'm not giving up that anger. No way. I'm not giving up whatever that is, because Jesus is the Lord of that area. So that's the sheep gate. Uh, you want to make sure that Jesus is the sheep that we're following and that he is your shepherd. And uh, we don't mess around with the goats. Amen? Um, and then the next gate that you'd come to around the walls of Jerusalem is the fish gate. Fishermen would bring their fish that they caught and they had to leave it outside the gate because they were really stinky but or outside the walls because it was really fish smell fresh fish don't I guess too much but anyway the people would gather there to hear the news um, while they're pur purchasing the fish they would all stand around and talk well what happened at Peter's boat today and what happened here and what happened there and that's where you would get all of your news and so, uh, didn't Jesus say, I'll make you fishers of men? And so this is the evangelical gate where we can gather people and tell them the good news about Jesus. Now, Romans 1.16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone that believes, for the Jew first, but also for the Greek. And so, after we get born again, we need to be willing to share that gospel with other people. Have you shared your testimony lately? Holy Spirit will help you. Each one of you has an amazing testimony. What did God do in your life? I don't know. Your story is different from Joy's story. Joy's is different from mine. But we all have a story. And we want to be able to share that good news with other people. If you're timid and oh me, that would be me. 
So maybe you don't want to stand up and, and give a big testimony service or whatever. We'll invite people to church. They can't hear the good news if, they, if they're not someplace where they can hear it. Every one of these chairs ought to be packed because each one of you has at least five to ten people that you don't want, want them to spend eternity in hell. You can't tell me you don't at least have that many employees, that many friends, that many relatives. And you're going, okay, if you go to Bertha Family Church, they're going to tell you the good news about Jesus. So be at least that brave. Come on. If everybody invites somebody this week to be here next week, you'll pack this place out just that quick. But that's one of the gates. Is that I know for me, that's um, one of those gates that wasn't really strong in my life. I was like, I don't want to talk to people. I don't like people. Okay, well, I love you guys, but, you know, I'm not a Facebooker. I'm not a texter. I'm not a whatever. I'm a, yeah, I'll talk to one person. And Holy Spirit said, you're going to start talking to the cashiers at the store. Yeah, no, I don't want to. I didn't ask you if you wanted to or not. You need to start doing that. Um, I'll tell you this quick story. I can't see the clock from here because of the lights. And my, Okay, we're good. Uh, I don't know what city we were at on vacation. We packed up, got ready to leave. Another family packed up, and they got ready to leave. And Holy Spirit says, you need to tell them about Jesus. And I was like, no, I don't do that. You know that. That's no. We got on the road and we were following this car, their car, and uh, there was some construction and we all had to ex detour. <laughs> yeah, we're coming here and we hit that detour. We're like, what the heck? We're just supposed to go up the road. And so they have to detour and they go around this way. We go around that way. We come to a rest stop. All of their kids get out, our kids get out, and stuff. And Holy Spirit says, you need to go talk to them. I told you to go talk to them. It's like, ah, oh, Holy Spirit, I don't want to. I don't want to. We got back in the car. We're going again. We're driving. I don't know how many, like a couple of hours we drove. We pulled into this rest stop. There's that car. And Holy Spirit said, this is the last time, lady. You will talk to them. And I knew enough to know that Holy Spirit, Spirit was serious. And I went over and I said, look, you've seen, it, seen us each time we've been at the rest stop, right? And they go, yeah, we saw you at the hotel too. And I said, well, the Lord Jesus has been really prompting me to talk to you. And I need to ask you if you've made Jesus your Savior. And I was able to lead that family to the Lord. see them in heaven one day we get on the road we go this way and they go that way haven't seen them since but God wants us to share our story but see I've got to get that that gate stronger that part of my life stronger that can say I'm not ashamed of the gospel amen and so uh if I can find areas in my life that need work, y'all might have some too.
Okay. Uh, so right next to the fish gate is the old gate. And the old gate was where the elders would all come and sit around and tell you all their wisdom. And, and they would, would sit there and say, listen, brother so-and-so is going to give you wisdom on raising kids today or whatever, I don't know. But they would sit there at that gate. And so once we're born again, we need wisdom to leave the old behind and embrace the new. Our spirit man gets born again, but our soul, like I said, our mind, will, and emotions uh, may want to stay put. And Colossians 3, 9 through 10 says, Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. So see, if I hadn't put on my jean jacket today, I mean, I had to actually put my arms through it to get it on. If I hadn't have, it would just still be lying there on the bed, and praise God, I don't have a dog that jumps up on the bed or anything and eats it, because then it wouldn't be on me, it would be an eaten coat. But we have to put on the new man. Amen? So those old things, you've got to shake off some of those old things and put on the new. Um, and then the, the next gate is the valley gate. And so the valley gate is the gate that, see there's this step right here. I don't want to step off of it. I'm going out into the valley. So the valley gate was the gate that you went through when you were going to go into the valley and out into wherever your travels was taking you. And so that's how it is with our Christian walk. We get to going, yay, I'm born again and we're so excited, but then I got to go to work Monday morning and you get around work and there's people that's cussing and there's people that's telling dirty stories or there's um, I, I, just driving there you can have people being grumpy with you or whatever and this customer was complaining the whole day and they wanted you to fix this and uh, my son works at a bank and he said mom I literally spent seven hours trying to help this lady with her problem and we had to change her account number and get her a new pin number and we had to do all kinds of stuff and so just life in general can really put a toll on us. And we got to learn when we come home, you shake that off before you go into your family. Because I can go to work and bring some of those grumpies home with me. And then Jerry knows about it as soon as he sees me. He's like, oh, what kind of day did you have? And so <laughs> um, we want to make sure that as we're going out in the valley, we don't bring, pick up a lot of that stuff. So I think it's totally hilarious. I have to keep looking down and know where this is. Um, right next to the valley gate is that ga gate that I mentioned at the very beginning, the dung gate, and that would be your, where the, your trash pile was right. So we pick up a bunch of garbage and we can have just emotional baggage 
but we have to have some way to get rid of that baggage, right? Um, so I got really, really mad when I'm in the valley and this person cut me off and the people were grumpy with me and, and I was so mad at these people that made me have to listen to their complaints all day long and all day long and I'm getting bitter and I'm getting walking in unforgiveness and blah, 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 blah. And so I need to get rid of all that garbage. So I need to make sure that I have the gate strong that knows 1 John 1, 9, which says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. See, I, I, uh, Peter asked me if I wanted the handheld or what kind of mic I wanted. I said I wanted the, the handheld, but I'm trying to show you what the sign for clean is if you're doing sign language, and that's like your wife and something off, like wax on, wax off, like that, right? You all know that. I know you do. I'm not the only old one here, so you all know that. Anyway, so we have to be strong enough to say, Lord, I blew it. I really blew it today. I need to get back in right standing with you. And so maybe that's a gate that's open right now. You're going, I don't know how God could ever forgive me for that. Well, here's the thing. He already did. He already forgave you. That's why he sent Jesus on the cross. Jesus already died on the cross for all of our sins. And when you accepted Jesus as your Savior, you accepted uh, the forgiveness for all of the sins past. Your past, it's all clean. And then every day we just say, man, I blew it today. So, Father God, I come to you in the name of Jesus, and I confess whatever, blah, blah, blah. You don't have to go to no priest. It's none of his business. It's between you and God. And God says, that's not when you get, um, that's not when God finds out about what you did, because he already sees everything anyway. That's when you get free from it. When you release it and say, God, I blew it. I'm asking you to cleanse me now. And I'm applying the blood of Jesus to this situation. So, Father God, because your word says, not because I'm worthy, but because your word says, and because the blood of Jesus, I ask forgiveness, and I'm asking you to cleanse me of all unrighteousness. He goes, yep, done. And you go, whoa, I've been crying and boohooing about this situation for months. And he's, yep, yeah, it's done. But you release it. And whether you've been born again for a hundred years or you just got born again. You're just as righteous as, each, each one of us is just as righteous. So you're just back in right standing. And see, sometimes we can't receive things from God because we're thinking, I blew it too bad. There's no way that God could love me. He won't bless me. He's not going to heal me because I really messed up. No, 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 no. It's already done. That's why God put that in there, that we could, could get back in right standing so that we can go, okay, I can receive that.
because God loves me as much today as he did. The Bible says, this is so cool, God loves us just as much as he loves Jesus. Did you know that? He loves you just as much as he loves Jesus. Read like John 14, 15, 16, and 17. And you'll get some amazing, amazing revelation. Jesus, it's just so awesome. And God loves, loves you just as much as he loves Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. All right. Um, so I didn't mention this, but some of the things that you can pick up when you're in the valley, um, besides just yuckiness, how about hope deferred? How about depression? Or a spirit of rejection? Mourning? That list could go on and on and on, right? Um, hope deferred is that thing you're believing God for and it hasn't happened yet. And you're believing God for and it hasn't happened yet. After a while, it really weighs on you. Well, God's a God of restoration. And he promises that all those years that the locusts have been eating stuff, that God's going to restore those years. Um, Isaiah 55, let me see, I wrote it down. Isaiah 55, 12 says, You'll go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills will spring forth before you. And so you say, Lord, lead me with your joy. I don't want to be in depression anymore. Lead me forth with joy. Your word says, you lead me with joy. I'll go out with joy. And so we have to recognize, man, I'm feeling kind of blue today. I'm feeling kind of depressed. Well, you start, start getting some of those scriptures and start speaking them out. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. If you want joy, you must ask for it. Oh, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Now you know why I sign songs. I don't sing them, but you get the gist. Um, uh, I know quite a few. Oh, the spirit of rejection. Don't pick that up. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And you say, well, it's kind of hard to not pick that up. I know. I know. But we're chosen in the beloved. And if God chose you, who are they to say that you're not good enough? Amen? I don't care what your parents say. I don't care... This is really cool. Does it, wait a minute. Okay, so there was this little boy, and he goes to school, and his teacher said, I know whose dad you are. You're nothing but garbage. You're no good, because you're so-and-so's dad. And he's like, great. He went to sit down at, at uh, lunch, and the teacher said, you'll always be dumb. You're no good. He went to sit down at lunch, and the kids said, we don't want to sit by you. The teacher said, you're dumb. He 
The teacher said, you're no good. We're not going to eat lunch with you. You know who that person was? Is? Has anybody ever heard of Rick Renner? Well, he writes some awesome Christian books. He's on Christian TV. He's the smartest man you'll ever, ever hear expounding on Hebrew words and stuff. And the teacher kept saying, you'll never amount to anything. You'll just always be stupid. Your dad was stupid. He hadn't even been in her class. She didn't know how smart he was or wasn't, but she was putting it off because of what, how his dad was. You listen, y'all look, look up Rick Renner on YouTube. That's your homework for tonight, today, to whenever you're watching this. He's an amazing man. He is brilliant. Somebody had already put him off as no count. But not Jesus. Mm -mm. Jesus knew. Jesus knows what's inside of all of us. He's put some gifts and talents inside of each one of you. Amen? Uh, okay, where was we? Uh, the spirit of mourning. Uh, you can weep for a, a, a night, but you can't allow the spirit of grief or mourning to grab a hold of you because it will eat your lunch. Jesus took our grief and he bore our sorrow. And he took our pain. And so since he took it, he's not saying you can't miss someone and you can't be sad. But there is a spirit of grief that will attach itself to people. And it's just like a spirit of infirmity or a spirit of rejection, a spirit of uh, you name it. And it is a sign to kill, steal, and destroy. And it will destroy your health. It will destroy your joy. It will destroy your family. It will destroy your ministry. You have to really stand against that. And so there are things Holy Spirit will show you. Um, is there something out there in life that I've picked up when I went through that valley gate that I need to let go of? Uh, probably is. Because I think um, just about each one of these I've probably experienced. Amen? All right. Uh, so when we go out in, in to the, out wherever we're going, God already gave us things to protect us when we're going out in the valley. He gave us the armor of God. Put it on. The breastplate of righteousness. I got the shield of faith, righteous breastplate sword of the spirit my loins are covered by truth see when you're a children's pastor you learn all kinds of songs right um we have the fruit of the spirit god they're already inside of you if you're born again love joy peace patience there's five more i don't know i can never get them all but they're already inside of you peace is inside of you patience is inside of you love is inside of you but we got to use them. Amen? we got to make sure you use those fruit of the Spirit and, and the armor of God. Oh, I'm running out of time here. I'm going to go really fast. All right. Psalm 37, 18 and 19 says, 
The blameless spend their days under the Lord's care, and their inheritance will endure forever. In times of disaster, they will not wither. In days of famine, they will enjoy plenty. So even though we're in this crazy world, um, we're going to spend all of our days under the Lord's care. He promises he'll never leave us and he'll never forsake us. Um, their in inheritance will endure forever. Well, what's your inheritance? All the promises of God. All the promises of God, and they'll endure forever. When disaster arises, they're not going to wither away. We don't have to be controlled by uh, recession or depression or wars and rumors of wars and all of that. No, no, no. We're going to live under the Lord's care, amen? And then in the days of famine, they will enjoy plenty. So read Psalm 37. There's some great promises in there. Um, okay, so we talked about the dung gate and getting rid of all that garbage that you picked up. So one of the last couple of gates is the water gate and the fountain gate. Get washed by the water of the word. You got to have some scriptures up inside of you. So when something comes at you, you, you don't wait until you're in that emergency to try to think up a scripture. No, already have them built up. You meditate on the word day and night, and then you will have great success, right? But you got to meditate on those scriptures day and night, or they're not in there. No deposit, no return. You got to start putting the word in, and putting the word in, and putting the word in. So when you need it, it's right there, and you can say, Oh, yeah. Jesus said that he supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory. Amen? But if you don't know that and you haven't put the, the, the water of the word in, it can't wash all the yucky out. And then um, there's the water gate, and then there's the fountain gate. The fountain gate is that living water and that running water. And spring up, O oh well, within my soul. Um, John 7, 38 says, He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. See that gate? It was right next to the pool of Siloam. I don't know if that rings any be bells, but that's the pool that when Jesus put the made, made mud and put it in the blind man's eyes, he said, now go wash in the pool of Siloam was about a five-mile trek. This guy was blind to begin with, and now he has mud in his eyes. But he had people that led him and got him to that pool, and he was able to wash that mud out when the, yuck, the muck was gone, washed out, he could see. That's where your miracle is, is in that living water. And that's praying in the Holy Ghost. That's allowing that life of God to live big inside of you. And God's not done doing miracles, people. I'm telling you, Jerry knows the symptoms that was going on in my body. And just 
speaking speaking to it not taking account of those symptoms not considering my body and start saying okay god you said you said that was a miracle right there i held a precious baby uh, my daughter and son-in-law my daughter just turned 40 this is her well her third i don't know anyway they had tried and tried and tried to have a baby and they said okay god we're just gonna believe you for it we're gonna believe you for it kate just like sarah she received strength to to receive seed sure enough i held that miracle so god's still in the miracle doing business if you need a miracle he's got one for you you just got to tap into that living water amen um okay so the very last gate then and we're getting really close i won't keep you too long is the horse gate and obviously that's the gate for the people that were riding on horseback would go through that gate and that reminds me of this um, jesus in the book of revelation in revelation 19 11 and 13 says now i saw heaven open and behold a white horse and he who sat on him was called faithful and true jesus is still faithful and true he was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name was called the Word of God. There is so much power in the Word of God and so many promises that it can shut all of the broken down gates or the gates that are open that's allowing the devil in, and it can rebuild the wall of your life. Just get in the Word, and you'll say, I didn't even know that scripture was in there. Well, it's been there all these thousands of years, but we got to dig in there and say, man, this is so cool. I love the Word of God. Like, uh, I don't know, I just love the Word of God. I can, you know, there's the verse of the day. Well, I read books and books of the Bible every day because I just love the Word because that's where my help is, is at. That's where I find it. And so it's there for you, you too. You, we've got physical books that you can flip and it sounds good, or you can um, pull it up on your tablet or on your phone. We have no excuse for not being in the Word of God because it's readily available to us um, anytime we need it, right? And so glory to God, that brings us right back to the sheep gate. And it's all about Jesus. And so ask Holy Spirit today, is, is there any place that I have something amiss? Is there any area I need to work on? Am I allowing Jesus to be Lord of my life? Praise God, he's my Savior. Am I picking up garbage out there in the world that I need to get rid of? Am I walking in unforgiveness someplace? Is there some... How do I need to shut that gate? What is it? I can just leave it in the dung, at the dung gate and receive the, the forgiveness from um, my Father God. But ask him and say, okay, where do I need to do some work? He'll show you because he wants the absolute best for you. Your Father God loves you more than 
Um, well, I say it this way. God loves my kids more than I do. And this is one fierce mama, and I love my kids. And God loves me even more than that. He loves you more than that, too. Amen? All right, so one last scripture in Nehemiah I want to share with you. Nehemiah 6, 15 and 16. You say, well, I've got a lot of stuff that I need to work on. So Nehemiah rebuilt the walls. He rebuilt all the gates. You know how long it took him? 52 days. It only took 52 days. That was rebuilding all the walls around Jerusalem and all those gates. It's not going to take that long to repair the gates in your life or shut the gates or fix the walls. It could be that quick. But you just got to make that decision and say, okay, Lord, I'm ready to have these things fixed. Amen? And so uh, I won't tell you the whole story, but my car has been in the shop 52 plus days right now. 54 days now, and it's like, oh, Lord Jesus, maybe by my birthday I will have my car back. I'm believing for it. Yeah, that's a big, long story, but um, it's a quick work. God has a quick work to do in your life, and if he could take you from death and translate you into the spirit of life as soon as you called on the name of the Lord Jesus, he can fix those areas in your life. All right, amen? So let's pray really quick. Dad, I thank you for your word. We love it. We love you, Jesus. And I thank you for all these precious people that uh, you will show them just any area, any spot in their life that needs a little help here or adjustment there and where walls might be cracking. And Dad, I thank you that you would give them the boldness and confidence in you to start working on just one of those things just one of them. Don't let it be overwhelming to them, but show them. And I thank you, Dad, that you love them so very much, and you care about their life, and you want it to be, um, for them to be able to see the gracious hand of God upon them. And so we give you all the glory for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.